Hallelujah. Amen. In these times, we continue to pray. And we don't relent in our prayers. As for us as believers, we are instructed by the word of the Lord and by the Spirit to pray without season. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says that I will that all men will pray, lifting up holy hands. The Bible says that Jesus gave a parable to this end, that men ought to pray and not faint. Last week, Friday, we said that prayer is our occupation. Hallelujah. We must be occupied with prayer always. Our lives itself must be a living prayer unto the Lord. Hallelujah. And especially in these times, we must pray for the frontline workers, for families, and, and, and everybody. Pray for healing in the hospitals. As we have, we've always been doing, let's continue to do that. Amen and amen. The beautiful thing is, brethren, it also affords us that glorious opportunity to share Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. It affords us that glorious opportunity. The Bible says that he will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. Hallelujah. Whose mind is stayed on him. This is the time we have to take the opportunity to share the gospel with others. Jesus is the ultimate peace that men need. So that irrespective of whatever that happens, their sanity will still be intact. Mm. You see, Paul says something that I love. He says, whether I abound or I am in lack, I have learned to endure all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or Paul was saying that I can endure all moments, all times. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I can endure it through the grace of Christ. Mm. Amen and amen. It is only Jesus that can help men go through times like this and not lose their sanity when you have the peace of Christ in your heart. So this is a good time to share the gospel, to Mm. let men know, and also to share the love of Christ by sharing what we have with others. If we know families who are lacking, maybe they some have lost their jobs, as we know, and they are probably struggling to make ends meet. This is a time to share with them and not to broadcast necessarily on social media and all that. You know, we become a social media generation where everything we do, we must announce to the whole world that we are doing it. And it has become a habit even with things that we do in the church also. Hallelujah. But bless the brethren. Hallelujah. Blessing the brethren, blessing others, sharing with others, demonstrating the real love of Christ in our hearts. Amen and amen. And we don't only just want to pray for them, but also take these steps. So in your own circles, if you know anybody, you know people, you know families who need help in any way, please let us know. Faith Generation, we are here. We will support, we will find ways to support, hallelujah, in whatever way we can. You never know what a little support can do. Amen and amen. Can also afford us the opportunity to share the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But above it all, above it all, brethren, in the midst of all that is going on, as believers, our eyes must not be taken of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Our eyes must not be taken off Jesus. When Jesus said to Peter, Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. He said to him, Master, if it is you, bid me to come. And Jesus said to him, come. Peter stepped out of that boat and began to walk on the water. His eyes was focused on Jesus, and he was walking on the water. The Bible says, immediately a boisterous storm arose. And Peter turned his eyes from Jesus, and he saw the boisterous storm. The moment he saw it, everything that Christ had said to him in the word, come, left him. Fear gripped his heart. Fear supplanted faith, and Peter Mm -hmm. began to sink. In life, as believers, when we take our eyes off Jesus, we begin to lose our peace. We begin Mm -hmm. to lose our joy. Fear supplants faith, and then we begin to drown in the circumstances, situations, and problems of life. Hallelujah. Life is not fair by itself. And God did not promise us a a rosy life, a trouble-free, worry-free life. No. But we have something that enables us to endure all things, rejoicing even in the midst of it all. Hallelujah. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't take your eyes off him. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. How do we, how are we supposed to run the race set before us? Looking unto Jesus. Hallelujah. The word looking there, I love the, I love the Hebrew, sorry, the Greek for that. It is a pharaoh. A pharaoh with me is to consider attentively. In the faith, our attention is on Christ. There is one person who commands the attention of our faith. It is Jesus. Hallelujah. So the man who has faith is always focused on Jesus. In the midst of trouble, calamity, in the midst of anything, His attention is focused on Christ, looking unto Jesus. This is how we run the race set before us. In this race, we may go through valleys, and we may go through the valleys of the shadows of death, and we may go on top of mountains and go through waters and fires. Amidst and through it all, our gaze must be set on Christ. Our attention must be set on Christ. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Looking unto Jesus. Amen. Never taking our eyes off him. Beholding him. Faith beholds Christ. Faith beholds Christ. What of Christ does faith behold? It beholds not only his person, his power, and his glory. It beholds what Christ has accomplished. That is what God has accomplished in Christ for us. It beholds what that accomplishment means for us. Hallelujah. Faith beholds the glory of the work of Christ, and it wonders at it always. That is why, you know, the Bible says that if any man is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. Hallelujah. He says, all things are passed away. Then he says, behold, all things are made new. Listen, the key word in that particular uh, part of scripture is the word behold. That is, see with wonder. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. See with what? Wonder. Behold, all things. And when you come into Jesus, you are beholding the wonder of his work that he has accomplished. Hallelujah. And what has flowed from that, the benefit that has flowed from that. And that's why the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless, the, bless his holy name. He says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not his benefit. Who forgives all your sins and heals you of all your diseases and redeems your life from the pit, satisfies your mouth with good things. Hallelujah. We are beholding the glorious work of God in Christ. That is the attention of the believer. And if that is your attention, you would dwell in peace. This peace we are talking about is shalom, shalom. Hallelujah. The Hebrews call it shalom, shalom. It is rest with prosperity. It is a state of quietness. Hallelujah. The work of God in Christ is to quiet the believer in his love. When he says quiet, it doesn't mean that to silence you, no. It means to settle your heart in his love, to bring you to the place of assured confidence in who he is so that you are at rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith beholds, gives its attention to Jesus. Hallelujah. It does not behold the chaos in the world. Amen and amen. Remember, remember, when they decide, when the Israelites were in the wilderness and they ascended against God and uh, serpents were sent amongst them and were biting them, they cried to God and God said to Moses, make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and lift it up. And anyone that looks on that bronze serpent shall live. He said to them, look and live. Hallelujah. If there is a time men ought to look to Jesus, it is now. Mm. For you as a believer, every day of your life, look to him. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean we are not aware of what is going on around us. We are. But you see, our heart, our attention is given to something greater, which is the source of our confidence, the source of our peace, the source of our rest. Hallelujah. We don't panic. Amen, amen and amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Somebody say with me, I am at rest in Christ. I am at rest, I am at rest, I am at rest in, Christ. in Christ. And say with me, my eyes are fixed on Jesus. My eyes, my eyes are fixed on Jesus. Yes. Never take your eyes off him. Never mm. take your eyes off him. Hallelujah. Give mm. attention. After all, consider attentively Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. We don't focus on any other thing. 
by Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter number 2, verse 9. We have studied the book of Hebrews before, and I have given you the background of the book of Hebrews before. The writer of Hebrews is writing to the Jews and convincing them by so giving them so many infallible proofs that Jesus is indeed the Messiah, and he is greater than the things that they value most in their lives. Hallelujah. That is what the writer of Hebrews was doing. And Hebrews in, in chapter 2, he points something out I want us to consider very well as we are talking about beholding Jesus. Hebrews chapter number 2, uh, reading from verse 5 so that we get everything in context. It says, For unto the angels had he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest with him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou, crowned, thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. And this set him over the work of all thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all, thing, all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, hallelujah, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that is sanctified and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Hallelujah. But we see Jesus, Adabasiah. Amen and amen. Who do we see? We see Jesus. Who was made a little lower than the angels. What was the purpose of that? For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. Where is Jesus now? He is ascended and seated at the right hand of God the Father. When we talk about the right hand of God the Father, he's talking about seated in the place of all authority and power. Hallelujah. Uh, there's a scripture I love to quote from the book of Daniel. Daniel says, And I saw one like the Son of Man approaching the ancient of days, and unto him was given dominion and power and authority. Hallelujah. God has given Christ all dominion, all power, and all authority. This Jesus we see, we see him in his glorified state where all honor is delivered unto him, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. And indeed, Jesus did taste death for every man. So no man has business dying. What kind of death are we talking about here? We are talking about the second death. That is eternal separation from God. No man has business ending up in what we call the lake of fire. Because Jesus has tasted that death for man. When he died, he died eternally. He paid for the punishment and the retribution of sin eternally. He paid the wages of sin eternally. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Hallelujah. 
But the free gift of God is what? Eternal life. Jesus paid eternally the debt of sin. And when he rose again, he rose with eternal life as a free gift for all men. Jesus tasted death for all men. And this is the good news that we share with brethren. This is the good news we share with all men. Then listen, you don't have to go pay the penalty of your sin. Jesus has tasted death for you. Hallelujah. And listen, as he, as he, as he continues here, uh, we, we are getting to something. Hallelujah. That he should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Hallelujah. The purpose of God was to bring many sons into glory. Why is that? The Bible says, for all have sinned and mm. fallen short of the glory of God. When did this happen? It happened in the garden. When the federated head of the human race sinned and so condemned all men to sin and subjection to death. So the Bible says that death reigned from Adam to Moses. The Bible says that through one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And because of that one man's sin, we fell short of the glory of God. The question is, who is the glory of God? Not what is the glory of God. There is a who. Who is the glory of God? If my English will so permit me. Hallelujah. I said, there is a who. Who is the glory of God? Amen and amen. Who is that? The Bible says concerning Jesus that he's the express image of his person. He is the radiance of the glory of God. Christ Jesus is the manifestation of God's glory. So in the beginning, when God said, let us make man in our image, his intention was that man would be in Christ, the glory of God. But because of sin, man fell short of that glory. Hallelujah. He could not attain to that glory. But the work of Christ when he came was to bring many sons into glory. That is simply to bring many sons into himself. Hallelujah. That is why, you see, when you get born again, the Bible says you are born into Christ. You are in him, and he is in you. Hallelujah. Never to be separated from him. So you are in his glory now. You are in God's glory now. Not only is God's glory upon you, you are in his glory. That means you are in Christ. The Bible says that we have been called unto glory. And in order to achieve this, the Bible says, he made the captain of our salvation, who is that Jesus Christ, perfect through what sufferings. You see, that is why I always say that believers need an introduction into the place of sufferings in our Christian work. The place of sufferings in our Christian work. God perfected the captain of our salvation through sufferings. Is it that God determined that suffering should come upon him? No. But God used the things that he suffered to perfect him. If as a believer, 
you have believed any kind of teaching and doctrine. That makes you feel as if you are exempt from suffering. That makes you feel as if the moment you suffer, it means there is a lack of faith in your life. I submit unto you humbly, you have believed a lie. God has a place for suffering in your work with him. He does not bring suffering upon your life intentionally. No, that is not who God is. But you see, we live in a fallen world where things happen to us. Sufferings happen to us. For example, what is happening now, this pandemic, many are dying. And it breaks the heart of the Father. Because that is not his will. His wish is that men will see the truth. Men will see the light. Men will be saved. If the unbeliever dies, God does not rejoice. Hallelujah. He wants him to be saved. Amen and amen. But God uses sufferings in a way that perfects us. Hallelujah. Shadabakayas. That's why Jesus prayed. If it is your will, let this cup pass from me. But Father, not my will, your will, O God. That is why Paul could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He besought the Lord three times concerning a thorn in his flesh. What was the thorn in his flesh? It wasn't sickness. It was persecutions. Paul was going through persecutions in his life. Hallelujah. He was going through all kinds of tribulation and persecutions. He was lashed by the Jews. 40 save one. Because the Jews, they give you... They, they, anytime you are undergoing lashing by the Jews... <laughs> They give you 40, 40 lashes, save one. Hallelujah. That means a total of 39. He was in all manner and kinds of shipwreck. He was stoned at the point they thought Paul was dead. Amen and amen. Even some biblical scholars say he died and came back to life. But I don't side with that. Hallelujah. Paul faced all, kind, all manner and kinds of persecutions, all manner and kinds of trouble. The early believers went through so many things. For the sake of Christ and for their faith's sake. Hallelujah. Yet God through it all used it as a means to perfect them. So the Bible says, count it all joy, brethren. James. When you go to diverse, I love the way James puts this thing by the Holy Ghost. He says, when you go to diverse, that means trouble, sufferings, these things, they come in various shapes and forms and sizes. Hallelujah. You understand? Various shapes and forms. Some troubles are parallelograms. Others are trapezoids. You understand? <laughs> if you face a parallelogram trouble, oh my goodness. <laughs> when you turn it, it doesn't turn. Hallelujah. Jesus. That's the word. Hallelujah. Different, diverse kinds. Diverse. Diverse kinds. From different places. God through it all. So, as a believer in your faith, when you're going through troubles and all these things, your eyes, as we have said at the beginning, your eyes must still be fixed on Jesus. That is the only way you are going to be perfected through those sufferings. That is not the time to be asking God, where are you? 
Because he has said, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is right there. He's beholding you. He's watching you. Father is right there watching you, supplying the grace that is needed to go through. So he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. In the area where you are weak, God's strength is being perfected in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God's strength is being perfected in your life. Hallelujah. Listen, Joseph Hadabashiah was going through some kind of trouble. His own brother sold him. He had a dream. God, you know, anytime I talk about Joseph in this, I always want to explain it properly. You know, most people say, Joseph had a dream. You must dream a dream. And his brothers hated him and he dreamed another dream. So dream another dream. Hallelujah. But if you read carefully, Joseph's dream was not his own dream. It was not a dream he came up with, you know. He had eaten a belly full and just came up with a dream. Or just sat down and crafted a dream for himself. No, that's not what the Bible is talking about. God showed Joseph a vision. Hallelujah. Told his brothers they sold him. As a matter of fact, they stripped him of his coat of many colors, put him in a pit. And then they sold him to the Ishmaelites. Hallelujah. Who later also sold him to Egypt. Went into Potiphar's house. Joseph did so well in Potiphar's house, he owned or he was head of everything that Potiphar owned. At that time, I asked myself, Joseph had come to the place where he had even enough money. He could buy his way back or he could run away from Egypt and go back to his father. He could. But you see, Joseph was a man of the spirit. He evaluated the whole situation and he said, I sense the hand of God in this. Shut up, yes. And what my brothers meant for evil, I can mm-hmm. see God having turned it around for my good. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Brethren, listen, you must be a man or woman of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that certain situations that sometimes you find yourself in, mm-hmm. you don't fight the will of God in that situation. Not that God brought the situation, but God's will is working in that particular situation. That is why it would be foolish to ask, oh God, where where are you? You are too mature, faith generation, to ask that question. Hallelujah. Uh, That question is for babes in Christ. I said you are too mature to be asking that question. That question is for babes in Christ. Hallelujah. He's right there. If you're a man of the Spirit, you will sense the hand of God behind the scene, orchestrating, working 24-7 and overtime. Hallelujah. To bring to pass, not your will, not your plan, but rather to bring to pass His glorious plan, which would glorify His name in your life in the end. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me, let me repeat that again. I said, the hand of God is working behind the scene. Hmm. Not to bring to pass your will, but to bring to pass his will in your life. So that Hmm. in the end, his glory will be made manifest in you. Hmm. Hallelujah. Joseph Hmm. sensed the situation and said, I sense the hand of God. I can see Joseph praying one day. Uh, He had been in Potiphar's house for a while, confused and everything. He had risen through the ranks and become the head of all the servants. He controlled everything apart from Potiphar's wife. Mm. 
because a man's wife, <laughs> that one, is a is a, is a personal. <laughs> you know, it's a no go area for any other man. Hallelujah. You can touch anything, not my wife. Shadabahaya. Amen. I think is it a other Marin? Uh, who, who is it? Is is it a what you call it? Show Baraka that has that has that song. You can have my car. You can have my days. Believe my baby girl. Is that is that a song? <laughs> I know it was one of your favorite songs back then. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm, I'm 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 letting you guys I, I, in on a secret about Elder May. that was your favorite, one of your favorite songs, right? I I plead the fifth. You plead the fifth <laughs> because every time Mary comes out of the shower, that is a song you sing it. <laughs> you see, but so Joseph is sitting there contemplating the entire situation contemplating everything that is going on. He went into prayer. He's praying. As he was praying, his spirit laid hold of something from God and realized that, no, the hand of God is in this. Mm. Hallelujah. The hand. He said, God is up to something. And though I may not know it fully, mm. I rest in what he's doing. Mm. I trust him because he's faithful. Listen, brethren, Father will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter what you face. Father will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Hallelujah. You will rest in his faithfulness. The Bible says that when God gave promise to Abraham, because he did not have anybody greater to swear by, he swore by himself. Mm. that in blessing I will bless you. Then he says that by two immutable things in which God, who cannot lie, hallelujah, he can't lie. He can't turn back on his word. And he can't turn back on you. God will not lead you on and just leave you to be by yourself. No. Listen, he's maturing you through the process. Mm. You see, sometimes eh, there are certain fires you go through. It is meant to purify your heart. On Friday, I was talking about how prayer purifies you. There are certain fires. That is, I'm using fires uh, figuratively for things we, we go through in life. God uses them to purify your heart. He, he uses it to purify your thoughts about who he is, your relationship with him. Hallelujah. You begin to realize that he is God and you are not. You begin to realize that it's about him and not about you. You understand? You begin to realize that he is sovereign and you are not. And all you have to do is to submit completely, totally, without any reservations to his will. Hallelujah. Then you have begun what we, what we call the Christian work. <laughs> Don't worry, God will get you there. Hallelujah. He's a father. You see, he's training you. He's raising you. He's building you up. God's work will be accomplished in your life. That is why the Bible says, faithful is you. Faithful is he who has begun the good work in you. He's mm -hmm. not talking about your building project. Too. 
<laughs> I know sometimes some people could diverse. Faithful is he who have begun this good work and he will bring it to completion. It's not your building project. It is his building project. What building project is that you? You are a project under construction. You are mm. God's masterpiece, God's handiwork. It is mm. still under construction in Christ. Hallelujah. Faithful mm. is he who has begun the good work in you. What is this good work? Conformity to the full stature and measure of Christ. And he will accomplish it. He will do it. He will bring it to fruition. God is determined. He will never let you go. Hallelujah. That is the place of suffering in our work within. Amen and amen. Then listen to this. For he, both he that sanctifies, that is Christ, and they who are sanctified, that is us, all are of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Christ calls us brethren. We share in who he is. We share in his person. We share in his power. We share in his sufferings. I love that. Paul says, I bear the marks of Christ. You know, the Bible says that if we suffer with him, we shall glory with him. Hallelujah. For our present afflictions, which are but for a moment, are working together for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. Hallelujah. That is why you see the believer's life is a life full of rejoicing always. Because if you have your eyes set on Jesus, what do you need to worry about? You always be rejoicing. Rejoicing. Rejoice because you are seeing all things from the perspective of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. He's not ashamed to call us his his brethren because he identified with us and we are now identifying with him. We are sharing in his power and his authority. He's made us joint heirs with him. Hallelujah. We share in the authority of Christ. That is why, you see, God expects us to take control here on the earth. What do I mean by take control? There are things that we are crying to God. God, where are you? God, do this. God, do that. God is saying, I'm expecting you to act. I'm expecting you to move. Amen and amen. He's giving you that authority. He's giving us the authority. Where is this authority? In the name of Jesus. Mm. All all the authority of Christ is vested in his name. And he gave us that name as our birthright. Hallelujah. So we can stand in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And effect changes wherever we go. We take Control. We take authority. For example, what is happening now? It is a natural occurrence. Amen and amen. Listen, viruses, as a biochemist, let me give you a little background. No boasting about it or anything. Just so that you know that I know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. I have a BSc in biochemistry. I have a master's in chemistry. And I have a PhD in biotechnology. Hallelujah. Viruses, like all living things, all, you know, all things in the world, God made all things in the world, microorganisms, whatever they may be. Scientists actually debate whether viruses are living organisms or not because until they are in the host, they don't replicate. Hallelujah. So there's that debate. But everything that is in the world, God made it. They all have their place. 
Do you know that this virus, wherever it came from, from the sea or wherever it came from, in those animals that it lives in, it never causes any problems for them. Actually, it is a perfect habitat for, for the virus. There are many viruses that come into human life and cause death and sickness and all that. In their host, their previous host, it doesn't cause any trouble for them. They are perfect there. Do you know your body has a lot of bacteria in there? In your gut, there are bacteria. In your stomach, there are bacteria. Hallelujah. In different parts of your body, there are bacteria. What are they doing there? They are keeping you healthy in a nutshell. The problem arises when they overpopulate or they move from their natural habitat to another habitat which is non natural to them. Then they begin to cause problems. And that is what happens. You see, all these things were created to become elements for life, to help bring life to man. But you see, when man fell, death reigned. So death took hold of these things that are meant to help bring life. Now they are out of order and are bringing death to man. So what is our prayer? We have authority in Christ. What do we pray? Satan is always looking for an opportunity to ride on the wings and the back of any chaos in the world to cause trouble and all kinds of things. So even though the thing is natural, Satan and his minions or his court will seek an advantage in the situation. So what do we do? We pray and by the authority of Christ, we disadvantage every advantage of the enemy in the situation. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to say with me even this hour, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every advantage Satan has in this situation. Every advantage Satan has in this situation. We disadvantage him tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what we do. We deal with every dark force that wants to take advantage of the situation. You had a little issue with your wife, your, your husband, your children. Simple. It's natural. But Satan is looking for an opportunity. He's looking for a door. Do you know that is why the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Then if you read further, it says, give no place to the devil. Do you know why? Because though anger is a natural human emotion, which we must all feel. If you meet somebody who, is never, who has never been angry before, that person is suspect. Hallelujah. Because even God gets angry. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. But it becomes a doorway when it lingers. And Satan begins to feed upon it. You understand? With thoughts, he begins to inject in that angry state. When you allow the sun to go down on your anger, that means when you allow it to prolong, then Satan begins to inject thoughts. You are in a frame of mind where if you are not careful, you believe anything. Then now everything that other person you are angry with has done, you begin to reinterpret everything in the light of your anger then a doorway is created for Satan to come in. Then he begins to gain a foothold in your house, in your family. Hallelujah. In your marriage, in your relationships. Then that little thing 
just blows up all of a sudden and begins to cause all kinds of misunderstanding, trouble, chaos, blah, 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 blah. When we had our counseling, when I had my counseling when I was getting married, the pastor told us a story. He says, a man and a woman got married. The moment they got married, they moved to their house. They were there sitting like a nice couple eating on their porch. Immediately, a rat ran by. A rat just ran by. And the man says something about the rat. All of a sudden, fight between the man and the woman. Are you trying to tell me the house my dad built is full of rats? Blah, 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 blah. Fight, 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 fight. Before they realize, within one month of marriage, they are divorced. Tell me, how can just a simple statement about rats bring divorce? The devil is behind the scene. Hallelujah. Because they let the, the, the sun go down on their anger. They created room for the devil to have foothold. That's why you should give no place to the devil. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So we share in the authority of Christ too. We share in his sufferings. We share in his glory. That's why he calls us brethren. You understand? Everything that he is, we are. Everything that he has is ours too. Amen and amen. He's expecting us. He has delegated authority to us. He's expecting us. You see, that is why. And your authority in the name of Jesus is not only in casting out devils. This is why you should exercise your mind in education. Do you know that as we are researching, and we are we are studying and all this thing, coming up with vaccines and 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 and, and medicine and all this thing to cure diseases. We are taking we are taking dominion and control over our world. That is authority. Hallelujah. Amen. It is authority. See, that's why you should put your mind to use. In the name of Jesus, kata gratis. Listen, fix your mind on Christ. You share all things with him. I'm bringing my message to a close. Fix your mind on Jesus. You share all things with him. Hallelujah. He's the author and finisher of the faith that you have. The faith you have is a finished faith. Hallelujah. It is completed because of what Christ has done. Hallelujah. You share in everything of Christ. That's why Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. Hallelujah. What does he mean? The same mandate the Father sent me with. That is the same mandate I'm sending you out with. The same power by which I accomplished the mandate of the Father. That same power is given unto you. What was the mandate given Jesus? To seek and save the lost. What is the mandate given the church? To seek and save the lost. What was the power that allowed Jesus to fulfill his mandate? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. What is the power that has been given to us? The same Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So Jesus says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But we know Jesus is no longer here. His body is here. What is his body? The church, the Christ. We are here. So if Jesus is not here, who is the light of the world? Then we are. He says, ye are the light of the world. Hallelujah. 
God doesn't have to come down. I am here. It is enough. Somebody tell me, it is enough. As long as I am here, it is enough. Hallelujah. As I am here, the wisdom of God is here. The power of God is here. The glory of God is here. Hallelujah. I pray in the name of Jesus over you, brethren. May God expand your mind. Hallelujah. May God cause you to manifest His glory and His power, His wisdom, His intellect, His knowledge in every area of your life in the name of King Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. If you are there, it is enough. Amen and amen. Shabbat Lift up your voice.